For some weeks on Sunday mornings, we've been on the subject of the Lord, our healer. Thank you, Lord. The Lord, our healer. We want to continue on with that this morning. Exodus 15:26 has been our, our main text. The latter part of it says, the Lord revealed himself and said, I am the Lord that healeth thee. This is one of those great compound names, redemptive names, Jehovah Rapha. And uh, this is the I am saying, I am this. When uh, Moses met the Lord in the burning bush, he said, who will I say has sent me? He said, you tell them I am. Well, I am what? Well, it's, it's too big to say in a short sentence. But among other things, he am our healer. Amen. Amen. And nobody has a right to take the great I am and make it I was. Or I used to be. Well, the Lord, you know, he used to heal, but oh, no, no. The I am is the I am, always will be the I am. And he said, I am the Lord that healed you. Praise God. Others say, I, Jehovah, am healing you. Complete Jewish says, I am Adonai, your healer. Complete English says, I'm the Lord your God, I cure your diseases. T-E-V, the English version says, I am the Lord, the one who heals you. Say it out loud, tell the Lord you you believe this, say, uh, you are are the Lord Lord who heals me. me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We looked at uh, Psalm 103. Psalm 103, 1 through uh, 5. It said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. There's more than one benefit to being born again, being saved, being redeemed. And he mentions the top two benefits in the next verse and then goes on from there. Benefit number one, who forgives all your iniquities. Now almost any church in the country, you would stop and ask people attending there, they believe that. They believe it unequivocally. They believe it without exception. The Lord forgives all your iniquities. What about the rest of the verse? Who heals all your... Oh, you lost 90% of them now. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. You just never know. Sometimes he says yes. Sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says wait a while. But that's not what this says. And that's one of the reasons... There's difficulty receiving in the area of healing. It's because people don't believe the same way they believe about forgiveness. But is this true or is it not? Is he still the Lord who forgives all our iniquities? Is he still the Lord who heals all our diseases? 
Come on, say it personally. He forgives all my iniquities. And he heals all my diseases. All. All means the same in both places in the same verse. We also saw in previous study that Jesus was ministering in Luke 5. And they came and uh, brought a man, let him down before Jesus. And Jesus told the man, he said, your sins are forgiven. And boy, the people got all upset. The religious leaders. Who is this that forgives sin? You know, when Jesus was ministering, they didn't have any trouble believing he could heal because they were seeing it. But they didn't believe he could forgive. Now, years later, people have got it turned around. They believe he can forgive, but they don't believe he can heal. I believe he could always do both. I believe God has always done both, still does both. Somebody say both, 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 both. And he said, when they said, who can forgive sins but God alone? Verse 22, Luke 5, 22, when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he said, what reason ye in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say, your sins be forgiven, you are to say, rise up and walk. Which one is easier? Forgiveness of sin or healings and miracles? I'm glad he didn't say which one's harder. He said that you may know the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said, I say to you, arise, take up your couch and go to your house. And he did. Thank you, Lord. Revealing that from the Lord's perspective, which should be our perspective, there's no more difficulty receiving a healing than there is receiving forgiveness. One is just as easy as the other. Both of them have been bought and provided in the same redemption. Can you say amen? amen? And so what we need is mind renewal. And faith comes by hearing. Let's look in Isaiah 53 again. Isaiah 53. And uh, he begins talking in verse 1 about this. But for time's sake we'll skip down to verse. uh, Well let's start in verse (laughs) 1. And uh, I'm reading Young's literal translation. If we can put that one up on this. Who's given credence to that which we heard. The arm of Jehovah, uh, on whom has it been revealed? Now, the arm of Jehovah refers to the power, the mighty power of God. You know, uh, you you see references in the Bible talking about the hand of God. You even see references talking about the finger of God. The Bible said that uh, when Jesus was ministering and demons were cast out, it was done by the finger of God. Dealing with demons only takes finger power from God's perspective. Jesus said, shut up and come out of them. And the Holy Ghost went, boom. The devil ain't all he cracks himself up to be. Compared to God, he's a great big zero. He's been brought to naught. But then the Bible talks about the hand of the Lord coming on. But the scripture says... When God raised Jesus from the dead, it took the exceeding greatness of his power. 
I mean, he pushed up his sleeve. And it took the mighty arm of God to raise Jesus from the dead. Not the same as raising Lazarus from the dead. Not at all to be compared. Why? Why? Because when he raised him from the dead, he raised all of us from the dead. Too. Free from sin, never to die again. We hadn't experienced it all yet, but we're about to. It's already been done. How many believe it's already been done? It's already been done. And this is the thing I believe we should emphasize today. That it's already been done. Notice verse 2. Yea, he comes up as a tender plant before him, as a root out of dry ground. He has no form nor honor when we observe him, nor appearance when we desire him. He is despised and left of men, a man of pains and acquainted with, this, with sickness. As, and as one hiding the face from us, he is despised, we esteemed him not. Surely our sicknesses he has borne. Somebody say, has borne. And our pains... He has carried them. Is this past tense? Our sicknesses he has borne. So what's he going to do about our sicknesses? He doesn't need to do anything more about our sicknesses because he has done. What else does he need to do about our sins? He has done it. Our sicknesses he has borne. Our pains he has carried them. We've esteemed him plagued, smitten of God and afflicted. He's pierced for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace is on him. And by his bruise there is healing to us. Hallelujah. Now in Matthew... Most people know it, but in Matthew 8, 16, and 17, Matthew 8, 16, and 17, this is the Spirit of God through Matthew quoting Isaiah. When even was come, they brought to him many that were possessed with the devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word, healed all that were sick. How many? That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophet saying himself, took, took our infirmities and bear, or we'd say bore, our sicknesses. What else does he need to do about it? What else does he need to do? 1 Peter 2.24, anybody know this one? 1 Peter 2.24, who his own self, what? Bear, now that's past tense, our sin in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes Ye were healed. Are there a lot of people in the world that are not saved? They're not born again. What else does Jesus need to do to save them? What else does he need to do? You know, so many times people are are praying and pleading, Lord, please save my brother. Save my sister. Please save my relative. Please save my friend. Please save my neighbor. What else does he need to do to save them? That's really praying in the wrong direction. 
The Bible tells us pray that the Lord send forth laborers into the harvest. What people need to see, they need to be enlightened to see their need of him. And they need to see what has already been done at the cross and to receive what's already been bought and paid for. Is it true or not? Begging God to save them is acting like he hasn't done it. Acting like Jesus hasn't done what needs to be done for them to be saved. And the same thing can be so with healing. See, there's always this danger of walking by sight. Isn't it? Always. I don't care how long you've walked with the Lord. We live in this world. We've got a physical body. What we see and feel can pull on you so strong. And then your, your believing is based on what you're seeing and feeling instead of what he said. Now, last Sunday we touched on this, and I want to I expand a little bit. So many times people will say, you know, I'm, I'm going to go to the doctor and, and get the test results. Agree with me that I'll get a good report. Why? See, you don't believe you're healed yet. Come on, can you see this? And people put more stock in the test results than they do the Bible. That's just a fact. So no, that's going the wrong direction. You need to believe you're healed no matter what you see. No matter what you feel. Right? And with the Word of God and power of God working in your life, at some point, these things will line up with it. But if you're not going to believe anything's done until you get the good test result and the good report, then there's no faith involved. You're not in faith. And here's another one. Thank y'all for praying. I feel better. Just keep believing with me that the Lord will finish the work. Just keep believing with me that the Lord will continue the work and finish the work. Well, when are you going to believe it's finished? See, no faith there at all. Believe with me. I should not try to believe with you that the Lord will one day finish the work. Because we read that he said, it is finished. And he said that before he went to the grave. Before he was three days and nights in the heart of the earth. Before he was raised from the dead. You talk about faith. You talk about, well, if he could say it is finished before he went to the heart of the earth, why can't we say it is finished before we get the report? Oh, come on, somebody say it is finished. It is finished. What else does the Lord need to do to heal you? Not a thing. We need to receive it. We need to receive what's already been done. These verses are not promises. These are not promises to heal us. People say, I know the Lord promised to heal me. No, he didn't. He told you, you are healed. That he took, took our infirmities 
He bore our sicknesses. He carried our pains. That None of that is a promise. That's not a promise of something he's going to do in the future. It's not a statement of a process that's going on. It is a past tense accomplishment with present tense results. Oh, somebody say past tense. Past past tense. How many believe Jesus has already done Everything that will ever need to be done for everybody on the planet to be saved, to be born again, to go to heaven. And if they say they're waiting on him to do something, they're telling something wrong. It's simply not true. The only reason you and I didn't get saved a year before we did was because we didn't receive it a year before we did because it was available. The year before and the, come on, can you see this? And the year before and the year before. The reason people push everything off into the future tense is because they're walking by sight. They're not going to believe anything has happened until they see it, until they feel it. And that's no faith at all. Faith is the substance of things hoped for or expected and the evidence of things not seen. We don't look at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen, because the things that are seen are temporal. Things that are not seen are eternal, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Hallelujah. So I need to believe I'm forgiven and righteous before I look righteous, before I feel forgiven. Come on. If you don't, you're going to be in a mess. You're going to be in trouble. And it works, which one's easier? Which one's easier? I need to believe I'm healed before I look healed, before I feel healed, before I got any reports telling me I'm healed. So no, we don't need to agree with you about the test results. You need to believe the Bible right now. (laughs) And no, we don't need to agree with you that the Lord will finish the work. Because he has already, before you were born, finished the work. The issue is on the receiving end. Because it has been provided. Selah. I'm pausing for effect. You want that to sink in (laughs) just a little bit more. (laughs) Come on, quote the Bible with me. Say that out loud. He took, he took my, infirmities. my infirmities. He bore, he bore my, sicknesses. my sicknesses. He carried my pains. And by his stripes, I was healed. We're just as healed as we are forgiven. All happened at the same place. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, man, we're making progress. We're making progress. Go with me to Matthew 14, please. Matthew 14 and 22. Matthew 14 and 22. This is 
immediately following the feeding of the multitudes, the multiplication of the little boy's lunch, the loaves and fishes, and the thousands of people being supernaturally fed from it. As soon as that was done, straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. They might have thought this was a little bit strange because the crowd's still there. And the Bible said he, he constrained them. So he had to uh, tell them, no, I want you to go. I want you to go now. Because they're like, well, we'll just wait on you. No, go now. Constrained them to go. Verse 23, and when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. Jesus did a lot of praying. Sometimes pray all night long. If he needed to pray, we need to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Keep going. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea. Now, it's actually, we'd call it a big lake. Sea of Galilee. And uh, they're in the middle of it. Tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. So the wind had kicked up, and uh, this this body of water has gotten disturbed. Waves are kicking up, and it's in the middle of the night. And verse twenty-five: In the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them from where he was praying on the shore, walking on, we'd say, the lake. Walking on the lake. <laughs> now, you know, a lot of folks that don't believe in God, they have trouble with this. They go, oh, it's another, it's another metaphor. It's a, it's a, no, it's just a, it's, it's a figure. No, no. If it's a parable, the Bible says it's a parable. If it says it happened, it happened. And if you don't believe it could happen, then you don't believe in God. You don't believe God can do a miracle. You just don't believe in him. You're not a believer. He said, uh, he said he went to them walking on the sea, walking on the lake. Yeah. Yeah, you can say, wow. Wow. In the fourth watch of the night, now this is the wee hours of the morning, what, 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Jesus went to them walking on the, uh, the lake. In case you didn't get it the first time. <laughs> Did I hear him right? Yeah, walking on the lake. Not swimming. Not walking around the lake. <laughs> not walking on the specially placed rocks. Walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were troubled. <laughs> you got to remember it's dark and it's windy and, and the waves are, are, are crashing. They said, it's a spirit. Some translations say, it's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. They were traumatized. They know they're seeing something. <laughs> Probably one of them said to the other, do you see that? <laughs> yes. Do you see it? Yeah, we all see it. What is that? 
Well, you laughing. When's the last time in the middle of the night you saw a man walking across the surface of a body of water? It's easy to sit here and think, oh, yeah, I'd be cool with it. Yeah. Uh, you wasn't there. They didn't have the benefit of reading about it. This is happening real time. It scared them, man. They, they, they didn't figure it was a man because men can't do this. Can they? <laughs> so it's got to be an apparition. It's got to be a ghost or something. And straightway Jesus spoke to them. They needed to hear something right now. <laughs> he said, be of good cheer. Now that's old English. That's King James. You know, we might say today, it's all right. Relax. Cheer up. It's me. Be not afraid. Hallelujah. Actually, the uh, put the amplified version of that up if you would. He instantly, he spoke to them and he said, take courage. I am. <laughs> now we know who it is. <laughs> On the water. I am. Stop being afraid. Now this is a good translation of fear not. I think we've heard fear not so many times. Till it just kind of goes past us. No. Stop. When the Lord says fear not. He wants you to stop it. It's not just a. You know. Encouragement. It's a command. It's an instruction. They were fearing. He wants them to stop. Fear's a bad thing. He said, stop being afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, so they still are not quite sure. Well, cause he's standing on the water, talking to him. And it's dark and stormy. He said, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, oh, no, 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 Peter. See, I'm the son of God. I can do this, but don't try this at home, boy. (laughs) Why would I say that? Because that's how much of the religious world leaves the implication that everything that Jesus did that was miraculous, he did it as God. And it's not true. It's not true. He did it as a man. He did it as a man. Philippians says he emptied himself. He laid aside his mighty weight and power and glory and became like other men. Well, what other men you know can do this? We know of at least one other man who was definitely not perfect. So no. This is not just something he's doing as God. This is something that men can do by faith in the Spirit of God. In fact, everything he did in ministry He said, if you believe on me, the works I do, you'll do also. Did he say it or not? And greater works than these. The enemy has convinced people 
that they can't do anything, have anything that they see Jesus doing, and the opposite is true. He said, if that's you, command me to come. Jesus said, come. So, Peter got out of the boat. He's got some courage. And he did what? Come on, help me out. He did what? Anybody believe the Bible in here this morning? He, he did what? Walked around the, the water? Swam in the water? No. He walked on the water. This is a miracle of the power of God. Why are we talking about it? What's this got to do with healing? A lot. There are situations where nothing less than a miracle of God will get you through. You need a miracle of God's healing power in your body. Or elsewise, your life's going to be cut short. Which, you know, dying's not the worst thing that ever happened to a Christian. Oh, no. You slip out of your body. Your angel is there. You go to be with Jesus. You see your family and friends is there. And feel sorry for the rest of the folks that are still on the planet. <laughs> and wouldn't come back if you could. But... You were robbed of years you could have had on the earth in the service of the Lord that would have resulted in you being help and blessing to people and getting reward. You don't want to leave early. You don't want to be robbed. Life is short enough as it is. You don't want to be robbed and don't have to be robbed of the years that would make up a full life. With long life, he'll satisfy me. Come on, say that loud. With long life, he will satisfy me and show me his salvation. Well, in order for that to be true, you're going to have to be spared from accidents, crime, storms, stuff that would take you out early. And if something happens to your body disease-wise, you're going to have to be healed. Or even if the disease didn't kill you immediately, if it was bad enough, it'd shorten your life. Right. Healing's got to be a part of this long life thing. Yeah, right. It takes that to make it all the way. To make it all the way. Thank you, Lord, for healing. What else does the Lord need to do to heal us? Well, Read the rest of this now. He said, if that's you, command me to come. And Jesus said, come. Come. Now put yourself in the place. The boat's rocking. The wind's blowing. Waves are slapping you in the face. You see, it looks like the form of a man out there, not too far away. You can hear his voice. It's familiar. But man, this is strange. Peter crawls out of the boat. He puts his foot... On the the waves that are rocking and moving. And wonder of wonders. His foot does not sink. Glory to God. So he goes ahead. And gets the other foot out. Hallelujah. What we're seeing. Is a manifestation. Of the power of God. 
a manifestation of the power of God. When did this manifestation of the power of God begin? When, when did it show up? When he stepped out of the boat. It was available as soon as Jesus spoke the word come. But it didn't manifest until he stepped out of the boat. What if Peter hadn't stepped out of the boat? No power would have been manifested. No miracle power would have been manifested. Is it a coincidence that it manifested at the exact same time Peter's foot touched the water? No. That's how it works. Faith without action is dead. The word must be mixed with faith or no powers manifested. It's available. It's there. But it's not manifested. So he steps out of the boat. The power is being manifested supernaturally. He is doing something that's defying natural laws. Now this is not just for us to aspire to walk on physical water. I believe if we needed to, it could happen. But day to day, that's not really what we need. But it represents a whole lot of other things too. Are there situations where we need a miracle of God? We need the power of God manifested to keep us from being overwhelmed. To keep us from sinking and drowning. To keep us from being defeated. There are situations where if you don't have a miracle of God, you're a goner. It can be that way with disease and problems. And so what many have done is they beg God to heal them. Millions are doing this. Please God heal me. Others are adamant and say, I just believe God's going to heal me in his own good time and in his own good way. Well, that's like people not born again saying, I believe God's going to save me in his own good time, in his own good way. Well, that's not how it works. He doesn't need to do anything else to save us or heal us. And I I don't know why it's taking so long. When's God going to heal me? Why is it taking so long? Why is it taking so long? Why is it take? you know? Lord, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Wrong thinking. Wrong believing. When was the power manifested? Come on, help me out. When he stepped out of the boat. That's when miracle power manifested. Not before. And he walked on the water. To go to Jesus. But when. He saw. The wind boisterous. Put the, put the amplifier back up please. When he perceived and felt. The strong wind. He was frightened. And what happened? He began to sink. Hold on. Something's happening to the power of God. It begins to fade. And when did this change? 
when he started looking at something else. He started looking at the natural, what he could see and what he could feel. And when he started looking at that, the power of God stopped manifesting. And he began to sink. There's confusion in these areas. People say, what does it take so long? You know, I, I, they prayed for me and I felt better and then I got better and then I got worse. And then I got a little better and then I got a little worse. And then I got better and then I got worse and I just keep getting worse. And why does it take so long? Because on again, off again. On again, off again. Not God, but our faith. Brother Hagin used to say frequently, keep the switch of faith turned on. (laughs) Say it out loud. Keep the switch of faith turned on. Well, if you can turn it on, you can turn it off. God's not doing partial healings. God's not doing partial healing. Work healing a little bit and go, oh, you know, that's enough. That's enough for now. You need to wait a while. You'll appreciate it more. No. When you release faith and you act faith, the power of God manifests. But the enemy will do his best to distract you. And get your focus off of God, off of what he said, and back on to what you feel and what you see. And if you take your focus off of God and his word and back on what you feel and see, you turn the switch of faith off and the power stops manifesting. That's why some progress and then it quits. And then if you get stirred up again and get your eyes off of that and get your... You focus back on him and turn the switch of faith back on. See some improvement. But then the enemy will do his best. He's a master of distraction. Isn't he? Feelings and thoughts and this and that and what other people are saying and doing. And if he can get, he goes, hey, 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 over here, over here, over here, over here, over here. And if you do, you just reached over and turned the switch off. Is that God's fault? And this is why it can take so long. A little better, a little worse. A little better, a lot worse. A little better, worse, worse. On again, off again. That's what James is talking about. James 1, hold your place here, we're not done. James 1 and verse 5, I believe it is. If you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraids not. And what will happen? It shall be given him. Verse 6. But let him ask in faith, what? Nothing wavering. Now notice the word wavering. What's the root word? Wave. Does this remind you of anything? And in case it didn't, you didn't make the connection, read the rest of the verse. For he that wavereth is like a wave (laughs) of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. What does that mean? 
The wave is being moved by the wind. Makes it unstable. Verse 7. Let not that man think that he shall receive what? Anything of the Lord. Now this doesn't mean that if you waver, the Lord gets upset with you and goes, I'm not messing with you anymore. You're not going to get anything. That's not what's going on. Go back to the text here in Matthew 14. What happened? Who initiated the manifestation of the power of God? Peter did when he stepped out of the boat. When he acted in faith. What the Lord told him, a miracle began to work. Could that miracle have worked all the way from him to Jesus and to the boat? But it didn't. Peter came up short. Now a lot of people have done this with healing. They came up short. Died young. And don't judge. If it's a friend of yours, a family member, don't be mad at them. Until you've been there. You imagine what you'd say and do, but you can get tired. You can get tired of pain, of symptoms, and heaven can just get to looking so good (laughs) that you just want to get out of here. You just don't want to fool with it anymore. And unless you've been there, you can say you think you know what you'd do, but until you're there, it's just talk. But what we should not do is believe a lie and say it wasn't God's will to heal. And we don't know why God took so long. Or why this and why that. No, no, no. When he stepped out in faith, the power of God manifested. And as long as he was focused on Jesus and thinking about that word come, he was walking on the water. Come on, can you see that? And as sure as you're having a miracle working in your life, what's the enemy going to do? Hey, 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 look over here, look over here. Oh, man, look, that's a big wave. Oh, man, do you feel that wind? You feel that wind? And so what did he do? When he perceived and felt, he, he turned around and he thought, oh, oh, oh. And when he looked at that, fear came in him. Well, when the fear comes in, The faith goes out. And when you stop looking at the Lord and his word. And your faith goes out. The power stops working. Was it the Lord that turned the power off? No. Who initiated the manifestation of the power? Peter did. Who turned it off? Peter did. When did that change? That hasn't changed. That's still how it works today. It works the same way in your finances. You can come here and hear me shout and wave my arms about a hundredfold. You can get all pumped and stoked and and flip the switch of faith on. And you're you're expecting and and then you get a bad report and some extra bills. And by Wednesday, if you don't watch what you're doing, you'll go, I just don't know about all this stuff. (laughs) And there was something working. Sunday afternoon and Monday, yes, sir. And angels were working and things were going, yeah. 
And then all at once they stopped and went, oh, no, 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 not again. Why? What happened? They turned the switch off. All right. Reckon they'll turn it back on? I don't know. Last time they did this, it was six months. <laughs> We're so close. I know. I know. I see hundredfold right over there. But uh, <laughs> can we tell them? No, we can't tell them. We can't tell them. Why? The Lord requires faith. That's why. Can't, they can't, if they have to see it, then it's not. <laughs> And then maybe you come back next Sunday and hear about a hundredfold, turn the switch on, they go, ah, they're going to do it, they're going to do it. Uh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> switch your faith back on. <laughs> now, am I making this up? What is wavering? What is wavering? Was, did Peter waver? Is that what happened to him? Yeah, he was focused on the Lord. Focused on what he said. And as long as he was doing that. He was above it. He wasn't sinking down in it. It wasn't overcoming him. He wasn't going to perish. He wasn't going to drown. It's taking a miracle. But it's happening. Now the wind was just as strong. When he's walking on the water. As when he looked at it. Seconds later. The waves were doing the same thing when he's walking on the water as a few seconds later when he looked at them. So it wasn't the wind and waves that put him under. They were doing that before. It was taking your eyes off the author and finisher of our faith. Come on, can you see that? Taking our eyes and mind off of what he said, come. And the moment... You get to looking at the bad report. You get to looking at the bad test. You get to looking at how you feel and how you hurt. What happens? Fear comes in. Whatever you look at and focus on, you open your spirit up to. And it'll come in you. And if we're full of fear and anxiety and worry, it's our fault because of what we're looking at. And the good news is you can look away. I said, you can look away. Yeah, I know it's there. I know it can be terribly distracting. But can you turn your face away and focus on him? Can you do it? Can you do it? And begin to call your body what he calls it. And begin to say, I believe I have received. Amen. And as you do that, what do you just do? You turn the switch back on. Power begins to manifest again. He began to see. Now what if you mess up? And you're looking at the wrong thing. And the power stops manifesting. And you start sinking. And you know you're not in faith. Don't play games. Amen. Don't play games. I remember the, the man with the lunatic son. He said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Right. Ask, if you get in the jam, ask for mercy. That's right. uh, cry out for mercy. Yeah. He, he cried out, Lord... Save me. Why? He's about to drown, he thinks. He's going down. How many know without the power of God, how long does it take to go down in the water? Bloop. Without the power of God holding you up? 
How long does it take to go down? Well, with, with a, a killer disease working against your body. Without the power of God, how long does it take for you to go down? We can't afford to look at, think about the symptoms, the bad reports. We can't afford to focus on that. And Jesus instantly reached out his hand and caught him. Glory to God. And held him. This is not because of Peter's faith. He's got the switch turned off. And Jesus is holding him. This is a mercy save. <laughs> He's holding him. And he said to him, Oh, you have little faith. Why'd you doubt? Now, don't look at this the wrong way. What does it mean, little faith? His faith. He came up short of transversing the distance between him and Jesus. Why? Because his faith was short. If he'd have kept his faith going, he could have made it all the way. But his faith was too little to finish the trip. He had enough faith to start the trip. But he ran out of faith halfway there. See, things are not just according to the will of God. They're according to our faith. They're not just according to the power of God and what God can do. It's according to our faith. Little faith ran short. But the Lord in his mercy spared him. Why did you doubt shows his faith was reasonable. His doubt was not. His doubt was unreasonable. That's what he's saying. What reason did you have? You can say, well, the wind. Well, it was blowing like that before you got out of the boat. Well, it was the waves. Well, the waves were kicking like that before you ever set one foot out of the boat. It's not reasonable to doubt. Somebody say, doubt is unreasonable. What about faith? We got the most solid thing in the world. Is that right? Reason to believe The one who created the heavens and the earth gave us a word. The one who created our body gave us a word. Didn't he? He took my infirmities. He bore my sicknesses. He carried my pains. By his stripes. I was healed. Hallelujah. And I received that. I don't have to feel it. I believe I received that. And I call my body what he says it is. Come on, can you say amen? Amen. And I don't just do it when I feel better or look better. I'm going to keep the switch of faith turned on. Hallelujah. And that will keep the power of God working till I complete my journey from point A to point B. If you mess up, find yourself in a bad shape. Cry out, Lord, save me, but get that switch back on. Get that switch back on and keep it on. How does faith talk? Faith talks positive. Faith is not talking about trying to get God to finish something. Faith is not just focusing on when I feel better and look better. Faith is calling those things that be not as though they were. 
Just like Abraham did. Amen. Faith is making plans to live a full life. Is that right? Full life. And when I say full, I don't just mean full length of days. I mean full ability. Not restricted. Not limited. Not hindered. But can do everything we need to do for as long as we need to do it in this life. Until us and the Lord get good and ready for us to go. Not before. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. (laughs) Go to Romans 4, please, and I think we'll close with this. Thanks be to God. Somebody say past tense. Past, Past tense. Does this help you today? I tell you, there were years I didn't understand what I'm sharing with you right now, and it troubled me and it bothered me. But it was a great answer the day the Lord helped me to see this. That uh, people will say, you know, you see individuals that were good people and, and you knew, they knew some things about healing and miracles and faith. And, and they had some results. But then later on, they went down quick. And it just, you think, man. People say, well, they didn't have faith. Well, it's obvious they had faith in some other things. Come on, can you see that? Even in previous manifestations of their healing. But I don't care if it's you or me or Peter. You can be having a miracle. And you can turn and focus on the wrong thing. And turn your faith off. And I mean when it's. When when the only thing between you and drowning. Is the power of God holding you up. How long does it take to drown? How long does it take to go down? If the power of God's not in manifestation. Can you see that? So no, how many understand, no judging at all. No trying to think, well, I'd have done this, right? Yeah, but you ain't there. So quit talking so big. (laughs) Show us something where you are right now, right? And, you know, and like we said, you know, if you did go early, well, that ain't the worst thing that ever happened. You're saved, right? But we don't have to be robbed of our days either. We got a job to do. There's a reason why we're here. We need to finish our work. We need to run our whole race. Finish our whole course. That's the will of God. In Romans, are you there? The fourth chapter. Romans 4. And we'll look at 18. Talking about Abraham. We've seen this before. I want to go over it again. We'll back up to verse 17. As it is written, I've made you, God told Abram, I've made you. I've what? I'm soon going to. No. No. I'm in the process of making you. No, no, no. I have made you a father of many nations. At this point, they had no child of their own. But this is how God functions. If God had to wait to see it, before he believed it, there wouldn't be no planets. There wouldn't be no me and you. <laughs> Before him whom he believed, even God who quickens the dead and does what? Calls those things which be not as though they're about to be. As though they were. Were. Who against hope 
or expectation, believed in expectation that he might become, experience the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Keep going. And being not weak in faith, he what? How did he avoid what happened to Peter? How did he not get weak in faith? Because he wouldn't consider. Consider means to look at, to focus on, to think about. He wouldn't let himself and he wouldn't let other people pull him into talking about how old he is and how old Sarah is, how she couldn't conceive when she was a young woman. He just, he wouldn't, he wouldn't focus on it. He wouldn't consider that. And by refusing to look at the wind and the waves and his body and her body, he stayed strong and didn't weaken, didn't turn off the switch of faith. Considered not. Somebody say, considered not, consider not, consider not. Can you make a good confession in the morning and consider your symptoms the rest of the day? And stay in faith. You cannot. You cannot. Will the power of God be manifested in that situation? It will not. Can you make a good confession and call your bills paid. And then worry about them the rest of the day? You can't. That's not faith. That's not how it works. That's where the good fight of faith comes in. You're not fighting trying to get God to do something. What are you fighting? Casting down imagination. Come on, can you see this? Imaginations and thoughts. You're not going to make it. This is worse. You're getting worse. You're not going to come out. I mean, those are the thoughts you got to fight. You're not going to be able to pay your bills. You can't look at that and entertain that. You can't just sit in your chair and start crying over that. Or elsewise, you're going under. You have turned off the switch of faith. You got to resist that. You got to stand against that. You got to say, oh yes, oh yes, we're coming out. You watch and see. We have received. Right? I call every bill paid. I call every need met. I call my immune system strong. I call my body healed. You've got to resist all the stuff that will come against your mind. Verse 20. He, he staggered not. That's the same word as waver. That's the same Greek word for waver. He wavered not. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. How did he avoid getting weak? He refused to look at that other stuff. How did he get strong? He every morning, noon, and night, he just kept focusing on what God told him. I have made you. The Father, it didn't look like it. It didn't feel like it. It seemed impossible. But friend, God does miracles. Hallelujah. And when you need to, you can walk on the water. Can you say amen? And you can walk on the water all the way to Jesus You get arm in arm with him and get safe on the shore. You can, but you can't look at the problems. You can't think about it. You can't talk about it. You can't focus about it. You got to keep your eyes on him. 
You got to look unto Jesus. You got to consider him. You got to keep talking about what he told you. What he said. I mean you couldn't say it too much. He took my infirmities. He bore my sicknesses. He carried my pains. By his stripes I was healed. Hallelujah. And you can emphasize every word. By his stripes I was healed. By his stripes I was healed. By his stripes I was healed. By his stripes I. You see what this is doing for you? I was healed. By his stripes I was healed. By his stripes I was healed. Then you hit all of them. By his stripes I was healed. The enemy will go, yeah, but yeah, but you say, never mind you. Shut up. Shut up. I can't afford to turn this power off because that's the only thing keeping me from seeking right now. I can't afford to look at that. No, Jesus, me and you. Me and you, I'm coming to you. I'm coming all the way. We're doing this. Hallelujah. Praise God. Stand on your feet if you would. Thanks be to God who always causes us to try. Gives us the victory. Has already given us everything that pertains unto life and godliness. Oh, just close your eyes and lift your hands. Focus on Him. Lord, we worship You. We worship You. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.